Hello and welcome to episode one of the Call Me Caulfield podcast. I'm your host, Robin Caulfield. For those of you who don't know me, I'm 21 years old, transgender, and a super nerd. So first of all, thank you for listening. I know a bunch of you have been uh, waiting for this if you follow me on Twitter, and I've been really looking forward to getting this out there and getting this to everybody And I put a lot of work into it, and I'm really excited to finally debut the first full episode of my podcast here. So today, we're going to be talking about video games. Games that have influenced my life all the way through my entire 21 years, all the way up until, you know, earlier this week. Video games have had a huge impact on who I am as a person. So first, let me just start talking about, you know, games that mean a lot to me sort of what video games in general mean to me. You know, growing up, I I didn't have a ton of friends. I just, I didn't. I, I grew up on Long Island, and even though there's a ton of people there, I grew up in a neighborhood that was mostly, you know, older people. I didn't have a lot of kids in my neighborhood. I had my younger brother, who's only about a year younger than I am, and, you know, I love him to death, but we, we didn't get on super well when we were kids. Uh, We fought a lot, and I fought with, you know, my my older sister a lot, too. So my fallback was really, you know, video games. That's how I entertained myself most of the time. Uh, I played sports. I I did have friends. I did go outside and hang out and do stuff like a normal kid did back in, you know, the early 2000s. But Video games became a huge part of my life for a long time. Uh, The first console I ever really played on was the PlayStation 1. You know, my parents had one. I played all sorts of games that I can't really recall off the top of my head because I was was young at the time. Uh, So the first console that I really, truly remember playing was, you know, the PlayStation 2. I put in so many hours into that console and the games for that console over so many different genres. It was unreal. I also played a lot of Game Boy as a kid. You know, I, I, I played just as much Pokemon as the rest of you, I'm sure. You know, hiding my Game Boy under my pillow at night so my parents, when they came in to check and make sure I was asleep, didn't see me playing. So video games have been one of those things that have been a constant since my childhood. Uh, Not that they keep me connected to those years, because frankly, I don't really care for most of those years, but they have been instrumental in my development as a human being. Because, again, like I've said to so many people so many times, I didn't have a ton of friends growing up. I didn't have a lot of those authentic, you know, human experiences that you would have with other people that would teach you certain things about what friendship really means. Now, I have plenty of really great friends who I love with all my heart, love them to death. Uh, And I know what friendship is, and I know, you know, how important my friends are to me. And a, a good step on my way there was games like Final Fantasy and, you know, games like Pokemon and all sorts of sort of party building games, I guess where you had to, you know, with Pokemon, you get you get six Pokemon, and you, you know, you get really attached to your main six, you know, your go-to, your go-to guys, you and your starter Pokemon, there's a bond there, you know, um, I know everyone who's ever played a Pokemon game and has been invested in the franchise knows exactly the first Pokemon they ever played, uh, and they know exactly what starter they chose. I know my first starter ever 
was Totodile uh, in Pokemon Crystal. And my second was uh, Cyndaquil. And my third was Bulbasaur. And I am totally a grass-type starter kind of girl, just so you guys know. But Pokemon Crystal was my first Pokemon game ever, and I was really attached to it. It's still, to this day, my favorite game. Uh, the legendary, the three legendary dogs are probably my favorites. I was, I was super invested in that game as a kid. And even today, I would love to crack open a Game Boy, pop in Pokemon Crystal, and just go to town on it. It was really special to me to be able to experience when other kids my age, and even some kids who were older than me at the time, were playing. And it, it was special because I didn't need any of them to do it. Pokemon is a game that defines a generation, you know, and it's incredible to see the impact it's had on so many people. Pokemon's bigger than, you know, most other games out there. There are very few franchises that have left as much of a mark on an entire generation of kids as Pokemon. Uh, now, like, one of the most popular games of all time and one of the biggest games out there right now is The Last of Us. And the second one is, you know, on the horizon soon, I'm sure. And people are, like, super invested in that. I mean, that is a very popular franchise for adults right now. But it didn't have the impact Pokemon had on kids. Because it's not really a game made for kids. I mean, there's zombies, there's death, there's blood, gore, violence. You know, it's a very mature title. And I'm sure there are kids out there playing it. I have no doubts. My brother was not 18 years old when he first started playing that game, and that is easily one of his favorites. You know, another game that I played a lot of as a kid, and I mean a lot, and this might surprise some of you who know me through, you know, Dungeons and Dragons, and, you know, if you're part of the Twitter community that I'm a part of, this probably isn't the sort of game franchise you would expect me to have invested endless amounts of hours into as a kid, but I played a lot of uh, EA Sports, Madden, NFL football growing up. And I mean a lot. Like, I would pour hundreds of hours of my life into those games. I would make sure I got them, you know, every August, you know, when they came out, all the way up until high school. Uh, eventually, the games fell off somewhere, and I, I stopped really caring about them the way I used to. But, you know, I wanted to be a pro athlete for a while growing up. So, Madden brought me really close to the sport I really loved. Football is my second favorite sport behind baseball. Uh, I am a huge Detroit Lions fan. They are my team. They have been my team for a very long time, and I will support them endlessly all the time, always. But, you know, I don't really play Madden anymore. That's one of those games from my childhood that's kind of just fallen off, and it it's not as enjoyable for me anymore. Uh, even... A few years ago, three, four years ago, I was still kind of into it. I played with my friends all the time, and I had, a, I had a good time. But it's not something you'll see me playing regularly anymore. Maybe once every few months, at best. Uh, like, the next one comes out soon. I have no intention on getting it anytime soon. I didn't get the last one until a few months ago, and that was just because I had, you know, a little extra money laying around, and I figured, why not? A franchise that is... Still to this day, very good and very important to me that I also poured hundreds of hours into as a kid uh, is, as many of you probably have already guessed, 
Final Fantasy. That is the franchise that has taught me the most about the world, and it's got so many deeper messages, and all of the characters have so much depth, and their connections to each other are so interesting, and the interactions between characters in those games has really brought something extra into my life. I have spent a very long time kind of wondering what am I supposed to do in this situation when someone comes to me with this huge decision or they need advice or they just need someone to have their back the reason I'm able to react and respond so well in those situations I feel is because of you know the experiences I've had with Final Fantasy the first Final Fantasy I ever played is Final Fantasy 7 so it's obviously got a special place in my heart it's very important to me Final Fantasy VI is one of the ones that I believe is probably the best. Uh, I mean, it's got one of the best antagonists. Uh, The pixel art is amazing. The music is amazing. The world is deep and fleshed out. And the characters are all really, really good. But the franchise, obviously, there are 15 main titles. It's got an MMO that is, you know, on top of the world right now with Final Fantasy XIV or Realm Reborn. And when I say on top of the world, I mean it is so popular that people who I know who aren't even really huge on Final Fantasy but are big into PC gaming or even console gaming and are really into MMOs, you know, have invested a lot of time into. Uh, Some people I know have only ever played Final Fantasy XIV and not an actual other main title. Um, Final Fantasy XV is the most recent and it it gets it's getting new content all the time now with you know post release DLC. It's been out for a few years now. Uh, that game was really not the best, and that didn't even sound great coming out of my mouth. But there's a lot of good things going on with Final Fantasy 15. Its extended universe is really kind of special right now. But the thing about 15 is you can tell it wasn't done. Especially how all of the DLC that's coming out almost feels like it completes it. And for me, as a hardcore, diehard Final Fantasy fan, that was disappointing. If you're a first-time fan, and or a first-time player, that game is perfect for you. It's, you know, it, it's not really all that long. I mean, I completed the main story without really dying in the first, you know, in about 24 hours. So it's, it's still got a good bit of gameplay now if you throw in all of the side quests and the hunts and everything you could play that game for hundreds of hours the four main characters uh known widely over the internet as the chocobros are so good their relationship is so endearing and it's so powerful and the emotional connection you get to those four because unlike in any other final fantasy game that's it that's your party and you only play through as the main character you can't really switch them, which you've been able to do in the past. Uh, it really forces you, but you don't really feel forced to get attached to them. And that game is a great starting point for that franchise. One of my all-time favorite games, one of my all-time favorite franchises, uh, with one of my all-time favorite characters, is an RPG for the PlayStation 2. Uh, well, maybe it's not really an RPG, but it is uh, the Sly Cooper franchise. Um, there are three main titles that came out on the PlayStation 2 and a fourth one that came out on the PS3. Uh, I haven't actually played the fourth one, but the first three are amazing. I mean, they're just, the art style from 
Sucker Punch for that series was so good, it was almost like it was drawn straight out of a comic book. And I think that was kind of the draw to the game. It's got this sort of noir vibe at times. You play you play a talking raccoon who's just trying to, you know, in the first game, get his uh, family's book back, which is a master guide on thieving. And to be completely honest, it's so fun. It's just a really fun game. It's got really fun characters. And it was just one of those games I could play forever as a kid. I could, you know, keep playing it. I could play back through it. And I could still have fun. It had some intense replay value even today. I mean, I was I was just playing the first one a few months ago uh, on my PlayStation. Uh, one of the games right now that I'm really invested in that's really given me a new sense of community is Overwatch. Uh, I've been, I play a lot of Overwatch on my PlayStation 4, and you know, not that not that long ago, I started playing with some people online. And we are, you know, in this group chat, you know, we've got this Discord channel, and we we play together all the time. You know, there's, like, at least 20 of us, I think, and we're always just like, hey, is anybody, you know, playing comp? Hey, does anybody want to group up? And we play together, and we communicate, and we really play the game the way it's supposed to be played. And if you don't know anything about Overwatch, Overwatch is sort of an FPS MMO-type game. It's it's sort of like an FPS RPG, I guess. Uh, maybe it's kind of like a MOBA. I'm not really sure how to describe it. I don't know all the technical terms uh, for genres in gaming, but Overwatch is very much a team game. You know, there's six people to a team. If you're playing competitive Overwatch, you've got an objective, and you've got to work together, and, you know, that's how you win. You have to capture the objectives in the allotted time, and whoever basically does better wins. And winning is so rewarding because when you're playing as a team and you're working together and you're communicating and you've got, you know, your tanks, your supports, your DPS, and you're working like a well-oiled machine, you'll just roll over the other team. And that is so exciting to do when you win a match in just mere minutes and you have, you know, six minutes left on the clock. It's a great feeling in case the other team does something similar or if they struggle to get there first and they take a little more time, that means when you go into overtime, you have more or whatever. Uh, Overwatch is probably the game I play most of right now, and that's because of that community I'm a part of. You know, on, on Twitter, I've really gotten involved in the Dungeons & Dragons community, and that is by far uh, the most important community to me. Uh, those people mean a lot to me. And I've created some really strong friendships and some really amazing, you know, relationships with those people. And I've gotten to play in some really incredible games, uh, one of which was on twitch.tv forward slash Scraticus last week. I got to be part of a live stream of D&D, and it was awesome. Uh, I've gotten to play in a weekly game every Friday night now with one of the best Dungeon Masters, uh, at WowKate. Uh, C-A-I-T on Twitter. She's phenomenal, and I have fun every week playing in that game, playing uh, one of the best characters I think I've ever come up with. And I even got to run a session in my campaign world recently. You know, that was really fun and really successful, and I got to run it for uh, three of three really wonderful people. Uh, I'm sorry, four really wonderful people. And I've gotten to be part of a similar community 
uh, with some really funny, really enjoyable people uh, on Overwatch. And that was really one of those things that when I bought Overwatch, I wasn't sure I'd ever find. Uh, I, w I bought it. I was really only playing with two of my friends who I don't even play with anymore because they don't really play what I play. And, you know, they were always telling me about how they, you know, ran into this one person that they teamed up with and, you know, they got along with and, you know, they friend requested each other and that wasn't really happening for me. But I found this community through someone that I did team up with once and now I've got a ton of friends who play Overwatch, who I get along with, who play really well together with me, and it's created something really cool. Another game uh, that it gives me a real sense of community that I haven't played all too much in the last few weeks, but uh, will be playing a lot more of in the next few months, is World of Warcraft. Now, I'm sure whoever you are, you've heard of it. It doesn't really matter if you play a ton of games or not. World of Warcraft is global. It is one of the biggest things in the world. It is easily the biggest MMO in the world and Blizzard's most successful anything. Now, I started playing World of Warcraft back when I was, you know, maybe a little earlier than 13. I mean, I've been playing it for a really long time since the second expansion, uh, Burning Crusade. Well, really, that was the first expansion other than the original, so... I've been playing for a very long time. Uh, that had just really come out when I started playing, and I've played all of the characters, I've played all of the classes, and I have had fun for, you know, a near decade playing that game. And they've got a new expansion coming out next month, Battle for Azeroth, that I pre-ordered months ago, and I have been so excited and so looking forward to it, and, you know... World of Warcraft is another one of those things where, you know, you could sit there and you could just play by yourself and just solo quest all day. And, you know, you could really enjoy that. Uh, but then you've got the dungeons, you've got the raids, you've got the battlegrounds, all things that require some teamwork, some cooperation, and a decent, uh, a decent team comp. And for those of you who don't know what that is, that's the right amount of damage, healers, everything. Now, what I really enjoyed for a really long time is the dungeons. There's so many of them. They're super fun to play through, and you get some really cool loot from them. And uh, when you join the right guild, you get people who are always like, hey, like, anybody want to help me run through this dungeon real quick so I can, you know, kind of try and get this or so I can clear it? And people are always like, yeah, sure, like, I'll run through it, even if they've run through it 40 times. You know, some people just really enjoy fighting some of those bosses. The raids are also super fun. Uh, one of the ones I did recently was uh, the For the Horde raid. You basically go through all the Alliance capitals and, you know, you kill a bunch of people and it's super fun. You know, you get like 20 raid partners going and you just run through it. Sometimes you run into people from the other, you know, from the other faction, whether it's the Alliance or the Horde, and it creates even more drama. So you're not just fighting NPCs, you're fighting other players at that point. And, you know, you get all cool, you get the, you get all these cool mounts and stuff. And that's what, that's what really adds to that game. World of Warcraft has been giving players everything they want for so long. I mean, it's had its ups and downs, and it's, you know, had its follies recently. I mean, it's come out with some not-so-great expansions. I'm looking at you, Cataclysm. But, I mean, I'm also looking at Warlords of Draenor. I mean, World of Warcraft has just not 
has just not had some good expansions recently, but it's coming out with this huge one, and I mean, I watched the cinematic, and listen, if you've ever seen a Blizzard cinematic, you're probably just like everyone else, wondering why there isn't a movie in that style, because they are incredible. They're like mini-movies. You can go on YouTube, look up any World of Warcraft, you know, Blizzard cinematic, and I mean, you're bound to have your mind blown. If you go and look up the Battle for Azeroth one, you're going to be impressed. I promise. Now, there's there's a bunch of stuff out there that are, you know, like animes getting turned into video games or something uh, that have been like huge disappointments. I'm a huge anime fan, huge anime nerd. Uh, so naturally, I've wanted to do more than just sit there and watch those shows or you know read those chapters i've wanted them turned into games or something and i've been mostly let down forever and that sucks that really sucks it it really it's never fun to be let down by the things that you really love you know my favorite anime is naruto as i mentioned before the naruto shippuden ultimate ninja storm games are so good the developers for those games have done an incredible job the combat is so smooth, the transitions are remarkable, and they're just really fun games, and they, I mean, when you play through the story mode, they're almost chapter for chapter, just like the anime, so you can get a similar experience, and it, it gives, it gives you what you wanted if you're, if you were like me, but other animes have tried and failed, I know One Piece has had a couple games that just haven't been good, there's been a couple not so good Dragon Ball Z games, but Mostly, those games have also been good. There were the uh, Budokai games, the Budokai Tenkaichi games, uh, the Xenoverse games are super popular, uh, and right now there's the new Dragon Ball Z Fighter Z game, which is, you know, out of this world. The art style and the animations and everything for that are insane, and it is one of the best fighting games out there right now. Phenomenal. But to talk about fighting games for a minute, I... I've had a hard time getting into fighting games for a really long time. You know, Tekken, super great. Street Fighter, phenomenal. Uh, Soul Calibur, really enjoyable. One of the games I was really excited about uh, that was supposed to be a three-on-three fighting game that has severely let me down to this day is uh, Dissidia Final Fantasy NT. It's just, it's been a disappointment in terms of a fighting game. Uh, I think everyone is sort of in agreement, or at least up for debate, that Mortal Kombat is one of the most popular, if not the most popular, fighting franchise of all time. You know, I mean, Street Fighter and Tekken give it a great run for its money, and I personally prefer Tekken out of the three. I mean, there's also uh, Super Smash Brothers, which Nintendo fans will fight to the death with you about. But Mortal Kombat is one of those games that was really iconic for me as a kid because I had it. Me and my brother would, you know, play each other in it all the time. Uh, he would actually usually win. My brother was really good at uh, Mortal Kombat when we were kids. And it it's just one of those games that, you know, whether you're, you know, Scorpion or Sub-Zero or whoever, it's iconic. The fatalities and finishes, they were just really good if you were super into violence. I personally wasn't really into those games. And still, to this day, not super into them. But the, you know, the Naruto games I mentioned before, the Dragon Ball Z game, super good. I'm super into those. They're just, they're mind-blowing. Um, but anybody who knows me knows I'm a fangirl of RPGs, and I always will be. And there's not an RPG out there that 
you know, I'm not going to say, like, go for it. If you really enjoy this, play it. Play it above all else. I have spent a lot of time in my life sort of wondering what else. Like, what else can they do? Like, what what comes next? What RPG is going to come next? And I really wonder which RPG is going to take my breath away. I have spent a long time waiting for a new game to take my breath away the way they used to. And for me, it just hasn't happened a lot. There hasn't been a game that I've been so into that I can't, you know, that I can't put it down in years. But recently, uh, very, very recently, I got the new game from Square for the Nintendo Switch, Octopath Traveler. It's brand new. You know, it, it came out, you know, days ago. And that game was and is so good. And it's got so much content, so many hours. I mean, I'm pretty sure they said there's between 80 and 100 hours of gameplay, which is unreal and super good for a console that hasn't had a ton released for it, like the Nintendo Switch, which, by the way, is a phenomenal console, and I can't wait to see them do more with it, and I really hope they start, they start doing more with it, because it's really important for that console to get games that are like this one. <laughs> I've, I've had a hard time putting Octopath Traveler down. I've had a hard time, you know, sitting down and editing this podcast because of that game, to be completely honest with you. And it's really taken most of my attention because it's so good. Even Final Fantasy XV didn't really do that for me. I bought it and then it, you know, kind of just sat there for two weeks. I didn't even, I didn't even open that game and I bought, you know, all sorts of collector's edition stuff for it. And it sat for two weeks. This one, you know, I went out, I bought it, bought a Nintendo Switch the same day, they, you know, it was released, and, I mean, ever since, I've had a hard time not playing it. Although, for the record, I have put it down. I didn't play it yesterday. I haven't played it for a few days now. Games are in a, in a place right now where they are on a different level. Video games are constantly evolving and adapting, and everyone's trying to do the next big thing. I remember the game that kind of turned RPGs around for a lot of people, and it was Skyrim. And while I don't exactly agree that Skyrim is all that great, I do enjoy it. I am, just like everyone else, tired of all of the different ports to all the different systems and the remasters and the remakes over and over again. Of course, I'm still going to buy them, and I'm still going to enjoy the game, but, you know, on a minimal level. It was an RPG that brought a lot of people who weren't into RPGs into RPGs. So I am forever going to be grateful for what Skyrim has done for some of my favorite franchises. You know, it's because of things like Skyrim that we've gotten more Fallout games that have been so successful. Fallout 4 is one of the biggest games out there right now. Definitely one of the biggest RPGs. I know a ton of people who love it. They love Fallout. I'm not a fan. I don't really dig the FPS thing. It's just not my thing. But I am more than willing to admit Fallout's popularity and the success of a quality game. Skyrim has laid the groundwork for companies to, you know, first of all, reboot games that are old and have been sitting there for a long time um, because of how much Bethesda has done it with Skyrim. Uh, so if you're hoping to get a remaster of one of your favorite games from the PS2 or the Xbox or the Xbox 360, you're more than likely going to get it. You know, if it was 
popular at least. Last year, uh, Game Informer magazine came out with a list of the top 100 RPGs of all time. They put Skyrim at number one. I absolutely wholeheartedly disagreed with it. Granted, Final Fantasy VI also finished in second place behind it. World of Warcraft finished third. So if that says anything about the RPGs I've talked about, these are games that have been so influential to video games, to RPGs, to so many other franchises. If it wasn't for uh, a lot of the Final Fantasy games, especially Final Fantasy VII, uh, which brought 3D cutscenes to video games, period, full stop, who knows where RPGs would be today. You've got a game also like Dark Souls, which is out-of-this-world popular and out-of-this-world difficult, you know, for most people, myself included. I have never had success playing Dark Souls. I've never beaten one of them. Why? They're just difficult for me. Don't know why. Don't know why I can't figure it out. Anybody who's part of video games and memes at the same time knows that a big combat style in Dark Souls is to uh, sort of press the roll button, roll around in a circle around the enemy, and then strike it when there's an opening. I don't play games like that. That's just not me. I, uh, I am a tryhard. I try to do things eloquently and smoothly. I don't want a button mash. Perhaps that's why I wasn't good at Mortal Kombat. I don't know. But, I mean, I will forever sit here and say RPGs are the best kinds of video games because, to me, that's the way games were supposed to be played. And now, again, this is coming from someone who spent hundreds of hours playing, you know, NASCAR and NFL and MLB, you know, as a kid. But another really cool thing about video games is how it can connect you to your friends. It used to be, you know, you and your friends hang out, get some pizza, you get some sodas, chips, whatever, and you're sitting around on the couch playing together. Whether it's, you know, a sports game or a dungeon crawler like Dungeon Siege, you know, you and your friends could sit there and play together and have a really good time. It really brought people together. One of my favorite memories uh, of my time in high school and with my best friend in the world Dude's been my best friend since we were like five years old. And when we were in high school, he was over at my house every weekend, or I was over there at his house every weekend. We hung out all the time. You know, we were best friends. It's what we did. That's what best friends do in high school or whatever. And our typical Friday night or Saturday night, whichever night he was over, uh, consisted of three things. We each had a two liter bottle of Mountain Dew. We had a Papa John's pizza and other things. And we had one of two games because we were both huge sports fans. It was a uh, MLB 2K13 or NCAA football of various different years. And we spent years in high school playing those games all night. We would be up all night just having a good laugh, you know, playing games, naming players after, you know, whatever. I know we have one character. It's a running joke between us. We named him Jack Sparrow. It was in some, you know, college football game, and we did just so many ridiculous things in the game with him, and we broke all kinds of records and did this and did that, and it was just so much fun. And to this day, you know, that's, like, the greatest of all time to us. Like, we'll joke about it. Anytime we're talking about the best athlete of all time, doesn't matter what sport, it's Jack Sparrow, period. But games brought me and my best friend closer than I imagined possible, you know? And I haven't seen him in over three years now because he's in the Air Force and I haven't seen him since we graduated high school and everything. You know, I miss him to death, but I always remember those Friday nights and those weekends in, in high school, you know? 
they were really special to me. They meant a lot to me, and those are the most... Those were some of the last memories I had with him, other than his graduation party, which was a riot. And it rained, there were water balloons. Well, I had a balloon of water, not exactly water balloons. It was great. Super fun. I got super wet. Everything backfired. But video games bring people together. They still do. Now you don't have to be sitting on the same couch. Now you can be sitting, you know, 300 miles away. You can be sitting 700 miles away, 3,000 miles away even. I can play with people in California all I want. That's what games are really kind of all about now. I mean, so many games are so centered around that, you know, Overwatch. Centered around online play. It's exclusively online play. You've got Fortnite, which is one of the biggest games out there right now. That is all, you know, online Battle Royale. Uh, even Call of Duty is releasing, uh, you know, a game that's, you know, just online and just zombies. There's just games out there that are being released exclusively for online play. They're games that you, you know, can play with strangers or play with your friends or play with strangers who become your friends or whatever. And I think that is just as important today as anything else. You know, being able to play games with your friends, like even if you're, you know, living in different places, working different schedules, you can't really get together and do anything. But maybe once a week, you can find two hours out of your nights or your days or whatever and get together and just play a couple of games. It keeps friendships alive at this point. I know, I know plenty of people who I play Overwatch with who play with, you know, roommates and play with, you know, they're brothers. I know I met this one guy playing Overwatch one night. It was like two in the morning. We played until six in the morning. The dude was saying how he bought this game and leveled this account and everything like explicitly to play with his brother because his brother plays a ton of Overwatch. And, you know, wherever they live, I don't know. But that's kind of just how they kept together. It happens. People have busy lives in different cities sometimes. Friends move away. I did. I moved away. I ended up in, you know, North Carolina when I used to live in New York. A bunch of my friends are still up there. I play games with them sometimes because it's all we got. And video games have been evolving for years. When I was a kid, they were they were popular. They were getting more and more popular, but they're bigger than ever right now. And they're just going to keep getting bigger and bigger. I, I mean, streaming on Twitch or YouTube or whatever, digital gaming, watching people play other games is also, like, really big right now. I know I was streaming, you know, just the other night, you know, on Twitch. I was playing Overwatch with my friends. I streamed it on Twitch. I mean, I've, I've got a couple, uh, you know, 30-minute videos or one-hour-long videos where I'm playing, you know, this game or that game on YouTube or on Twitch or whatever, and... You know, I'm not doing it. I'm not really... People aren't really watching me do it. But, you know, there are people out there who do. And, you know, the people out there who are making a living off of playing games, you know, one of the most popular dudes in the world right now, uh, one of the biggest streamers in the world right now is this dude Ninja. He's the biggest Fortnite streamer out there. And if he doesn't stream for two days, he loses like $250,000. The dude makes that much playing Overwatch, and, I mean, I'm sorry, Fortnite, and it's, it's insane how, how some people can become so popular through digital gaming, recording themselves playing, and just being themselves, playing games, and being good at them. Uh, right now, uh, last night, the Overwatch League was literally being broadcasted on television. There were kids playing games on TV and doing it for money. And the Overwatch League is huge. I mean, ESPN, ABC, and Disney have bought rights to be able to 
air it on television. This is a video game. Esports are growing. They are on the way up. Uh, there's, you know, I mean, the NBA has a 2K league where, you know, every NBA team has people who can play for their team, but in a video game. It's, it's insane. It is unreal. Uh, but, you know, the thing is, people, people get to play games and live their lives, and whether or not you're one of the people playing it professionally or playing it for money or making videos, it doesn't matter. Games are for everybody. That's what I know a lot of people don't really understand. Uh, I know there's a ton of people out there who still, to this day, just don't understand why video games are so important to so many people. They let us connect with friends. They let us connect with family. They give us something that can distract us from our everyday life. I mean, and for some people, they are our everyday lives. I mean, there are, there are people out there who all they've got is the ability to play this game. And it's what's paying their bills right now. You know, those kids in the Overwatch League, I'm sure they're good at other things too, but this is what they're getting right now. I, I spent a lot of time growing up wishing I was that good at video games. I love games, man. I love to play games of all kinds, board games, card games, tabletop games, video games, whatever. You know, Dungeons & Dragons is my favorite thing on the planet. I play it as much as I possibly can, but what the people who who don't understand why these things are so big or, you know, what the big deal is or why some people take them so seriously is because when things aren't going so great in your, you know, regular life, maybe things aren't going well with your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your partner or whatever. Maybe things, you know, aren't going well at home. Maybe your friends, you know, haven't texted you back in a few days. Maybe you just, you just need some sort of escape or connection with other people. Sometimes your online friends are the only friends you have. You know, I moved away from New York. I don't have a ton of friends down in North Carolina. And a lot of the friends I've made over, you know, online on Twitter or on PlayStation or whatever, don't live in North Carolina. You know, most of the people I've met live elsewhere. So all we've got, the only times we really get to connect are when we're playing games together. But just because we can only really be friends, quote unquote, when we're playing games together, doesn't make us any less real friends. Online friends are real friends too, you know? And video games are so important for so many people. A lot of people have like serious social anxiety, you know, where they can't just go out and meet people. And should those people not be allowed to have friends? Because they can only, you know, really communicate with people online or because they have a really hard time just meeting new people, period. No, those people deserve to have friends just as much as you or me. I don't have, you know, social anxiety or anything, but, you know, I'm transgender. When I go outside, when I go and try and, you know, live my life, I get dirty looks from people everywhere. I get harassed. I get, you know, called all sorts of things sometimes. And... You know, it's hard for me sometimes to make new friends because someone in my position, you know, just has a hard time meeting people who are okay with it and accepting and supportive because that's super important to me. I can meet so many more people online, you know, through games or whatever, and the people who aren't cool with it, whatever, it doesn't matter. Some people don't even need to know. I mean, if I'm playing games together and we're just messaging back and forth or we're just talking back and forth or just calling me by my gamer tag, whatever it is, you know, they're not... They don't care what my gender is. They just care that I'm, you know, playing the game with them. It's really important for me sometimes to have that because that's sort of therapeutic for me. That's cathartic for me. And I think it's important for everybody ha to have something like that with that interacts with other people. My dad once told me that 
that's not real human interaction, you know, that I needed to get out and, you know, interact with real people because interacting with people online, you know, didn't count. And I've always very strongly disagreed with that. And if you agree with that, fine. If you disagree with that, great. My thing is I've gotten so much more help and so much more, you know, inner peace by playing games. And, you know, sometimes I vent to people I play games with. Sometimes I'll talk about the really bad day I had at work. I mean, when I, when I was working for Jimmy John's recently, you know, I was a manager and I was working super long hours and I had a ton of, you know, a ton of gripes and just things that weren't going well and going right. And I had a lot to complain about and I didn't really have anyone to complain about it too, except for people who also work there. And I mean, they didn't care. They had their own problems. So I'd, you know, sometimes I'd be playing games and I'd be like, man, I had the worst day at work. And someone would be like, oh, what happened? And I just, you know, go into it for a minute and they'd be like, oh man, that's like nuts. And we'd share stuff stories about working in food service or something. Those things happen with people I've played games with. I've got better relationships with some of the people that I've played, you know, Overwatch with in the last few months than I've ever had with people that I went to high school with. I mean, most of the people I went to high school with, I do not like. I still don't like them. I didn't like them then. I don't like them now. I mean, I see them on social media sometimes and it's terrible. I just hate them. I didn't like high school. I didn't like middle school. I didn't like elementary school. I did not like my childhood years. Didn't have a ton of friends. Couldn't make a ton of friends. Didn't like the friends I, I made, mostly. I had some really great friends that I made from those years who I, you know, do and don't play games with. But all of the friends I've made playing games online, I'm a big fan of. Why? Because, I mean, first of all, we have something in common. We're playing the same games. Second, they've been good people because... I mean, if we got to the point where we're friends and we're, you know, playing games together regularly, it got past the point of, oh man, this person, you know, kind of sucks the first time I played with them, or man, this person's kind of like super rude or like really offensive. That stuff just didn't happen. And it's remarkable sometimes that the people that you can meet online. On Twitter, I mean, in the D&D community, the people that I have met are the most genuine kind, incredible, most accepting, supportive people in the world. I cannot say enough nice things about the people that I met through that DND hashtag on Twitter. And I mean, I can't say enough things about the people I've met playing Overwatch on PlayStation. These people that I play games with, both video and tabletop, I mean, they are just the best people. And I've met all of them online, more or less. And I mean, if that doesn't say a lot about the kinds of relationships you can build digitally, then I don't know what does. I mean, my life is better because of all of those people. And if you're one of those people and you're listening to this podcast, thank you so much. I appreciate you more than you will ever know. And on that note, I'm going to start wrapping things up here. Wow, guys, I'm really glad that I finally got this uh, episode recorded and I can't wait for you all to listen to it whenever it comes out. Real quick, uh, you can subscribe to this podcast, you know, so that every time I release a new episode, which will hopefully be once a week, uh, you will get updated or it'll be in your library sitting there ready and waiting for you. You can find me on Facebook uh, at The Fable of Caulfield. Um, you can follow me on Instagram or Twitter at Call Me Caulfield. Uh, I'm sure most of you probably already have that. Share this podcast with your friends and family and anyone who you think would give it a listen. Um, I appreciate it so much. Um, if you'd like to donate some money and support me, uh, you can donate at um, ko-fi.com forward slash call me Caulfield. Uh, that is K-O 
uh, hyphen fi.com forward slash call me Caulfield. Uh, you can find me on Twitch, occasionally streaming, like I streamed Overwatch uh, not too long ago, and I stream other games all the time, and that is twitch.tv forward slash callmecaulfield. Uh, if you get the idea, that's usually where you can find me. Uh, you can find me on YouTube uh, at Robin Caulfield. Still got two ebooks out on Amazon uh, for 99 cents, unless you have uh, Kindle Unlimited, and then they are free. Uh, they are from my D&D campaign region, um, Viturium. They are The Rise of Tyus and The Brothers Envy. I've got a third one on the way, uh, Death and the Tempest. I've got some really big, really exciting short story work coming out soon. My novel is in editing, and I can't wait for all of you to read that. That'll be out uh, hopefully by the end of this year. I can't wait to hear you guys uh, respond and give me some feedback about this. Uh, if you have games that you like, games that you love, please, please, you know, send me messages on Twitter, uh, send me messages on Instagram, wherever. You know, tweet at me. Uh, send me a DM, you know, talk to me about your games, and, you know, if enough of you do it, I might even bring some up, you know, next week in my next episode. I don't really know what episode two is going to be about yet. It's more than likely going to be about Dungeons and Dragons, because I really want to talk about that right now. I'm trying not to. I tried to avoid it a lot in this. I'm sorry. And if anyone is interested in ever being a co-host or maybe getting interviewed on this podcast, please just DM me on Twitter. That is the best place to do it for this. Again, thank you all so much. I'm Robin Caulfield. It's been a pleasure. Uh, thanks for listening. See you guys.